Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part four in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. It's pointing out, again, and highlighting, I can't control what other people say or think or do around me. So that right there, it's real. So again, it's kind of like it's bringing it back again. Where And it's not selfishness or self-centeredness to be able to be self-controlled because being self self-controlled is one of the fruits of the spirit. It's a good thing. It's something Jesus wants us to have. So being self-controlled, if that's the, if that is the goal here, because it really does, it really does define and kind of weed out the things that are actual, that actually matter. And what I mean by that is, like, let's say something, we've identified something that like the actions of a friend, we are not in control of those. And so if I want to do something, well, what do I want to do about my friend who is out of control? I can be present to them. I can be steadfast in my values. I can say things uh, that need to be said. I can have the courage to point out things that are inappropriate. I can remain consistent in what I hope for them in the future. I can tell them I love them. I can forgive them. Those are all things that I can do to address a, an out of control friend, but I can't control them. But if I know like it's, it's much better knowing it's like, Hey, these are just, these are a list of things that I can do with and for my friend. And I have to be okay and be at peace with what the outcomes are when they're outside of my control. And that's hard. The language I like that I've used that I've stolen from others is we can't control others, but we can push them. And I think that as people desiring to grow, I want to be pushed by people to become better. And I want to push others to become better. And that's why I think the question that you posed earlier of what do you want to do about it is a form of pushing someone because you're pushing, you can't control the other person, but if you're with someone else, who's in some sort of dilemma, you can push them towards their own agency. You can push them towards their, in other words, you can push them towards their ability to make a choice. So what do you want? What do you want to do about it? You're pushing them towards focus. You're pushing them towards what you just said, focus on what you can control friend. So what do you want to do about it? You know, drive down to Washington DC and, you know, meet with, Try to meet with somebody. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to do could anything do about that. it, yeah, you could. And you probably should if it bothers you that much. Um, so anyway, I think this is important. I think this is so simple, but it's so difficult to practice because we are surrounded and it's in all of us, but we're surrounded in such a negative predisposition where it's it's easy it's easy to be negative it's easy to f- to find out what's wrong it's often more difficult to to give hope and a solution that you know to stand on for what you believe rather than what you're what you're mad about to to be about what you're actually for than what you're against and 
that's what I, that's how, how I want to live my life. And I, and I don't do it perfectly, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I just think it's a rare thing that, that we're, that we're striving for, which is, and it's a hard thing, which is to be known for what we're, what we're for and not what we're against to be more positive rather than to be negative. Yeah. And it takes, it takes practice to build that kind of mentality and, and intentionality around identifying. It's not ignoring things that bother us or give us anxiety or fear. It's what do I do with, what do I think about it and what do I do with it? So it is, it's, you are, you're very, very, you're very, you're very much in control of your choices and you have to be able to slow down enough. And that's what this five minute practice can help you with, especially the writing down is it slows you down instead of having a racing, racing mind. Cause you can only write with your hand so fast. So it helps you slow down and gain clarity on what it is that you're actually thinking about this. And is it actually beneficial to your life to put energy towards something? Because, I mean, if it's, if it's, uh, I'm trying to think, if it's something like polarization, just in anything, or someone's going to like, I'm going to argue about this, like that's a choice that that person's making that I'm going to choose to argue and be upset about something and take everything to an extreme. That's a choice that that person has. And if that is something that bothers you, then you, the thing that's within your control is to not be polarizing. I'm choosing not to be polarizing. And a good way or response to that is giving people the benefit of the doubt and seeking to understand. That takes a lot of patience and a lot of time. Because usually people who are really upset, they feel, everybody has a deep desire to be understood. And someone who says something that doesn't make sense, a really good thing to say is, that doesn't make sense to me. I, could you help me understand what you just said? This has been a good conversation. I think as we bring it to a close, I think the, you know, the last thing that comes to mind is just the reality that, listen, you know, many of us are kind of addicted to negativity and the more negative you are, the chances that your mental health is probably going to be not so great is pretty high. I think that the more we cultivate hope and optimism towards our life, the chances that we're going to have a more positive outlook is going to be better, which I think does have to do uh, with our mental health. I'm not saying that there aren't biological factors at play and that some people are predisposed to struggle. But I, but I think the more that we can cultivate hope and optimism, the, the better off we're going to be in focusing again, like you said, on what we can control and trying to take those kind of five minutes. If you're just getting started working through some of this, like just to slow down enough to write down, what you're thinking. Cause I love the point you made earlier. Like we can't control what happens in this life, but we can control our response to it. We can control the choices that we make and how we respond to what happens. And so for us just to slow down a few minutes a day, um, several days a week and take kind of take inventory of maybe how we're responding, maybe, how, maybe to think about, man, how, how to have I respond well this week. Awesome. Let's celebrate that. What are some areas that maybe I responded not so well that I want to work on? Okay, well, let's be specific. Because if we never get that specific, the chances of us growing and getting better is, is slim to none. So we've got to take that time 
to, to reflect and to think about how we are showing up in these moments and how we might want to improve. And then to continue to cultivate the hope that Jesus gives us that he, we are being invited into a more restful, peaceful place. Um, you know, th- there is hope. There is hope of change. There is hope of a good life. There is hope of, of relational flourishing. But it's got to start with me taking ownership of the things I can own. And as you've said, and as we've said today, that starts with owning my response to what's happening in life. And the more I can take ownership over that and not try to own all the things that I can't control, um, the better off I'm going to be and probably the better off my mental health is going to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.